Welcome to the Bradenville Church of Christ podcast. We are a family of believers striving to be the first century church in the 21st century. We're located at 285 Church Street in Bradenville, Missouri. Please join us for Bible study Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. with worship to follow at 11 a.m. Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. Now, please enjoy our lesson. Today we want to think about love and what it means to say I love you to somebody. You think about all the different ways in which we as human beings say that a lot of times it's said more with our word with our actions than it even is our words excuse me but um last couple weeks uh susan and i've been uh, susan has been working some craft shows and i've been fortunate to be there with her through those and we've got some neighbors we we had our some neighbors at ozark and we had some neighbors the same neighbors again down at springdale this last weekend that they like to play country music uh, in their booth while the craft show's going on, and I and I love it because we get to sit next to them, and we get to benefit from the from the music that they play, and they play old country. Well, I say old. They play '70s and '80s country music. That's kind of what I grew up on, and so it's familiar to me. And you think about those songs that uh, that many of us grew up on that were related to love, and a lot of times when we think about love, we we compare love to to things, right? And so you think about Randy Travis. My love is deeper than the holler, right? Yeah, he. The, I said ocean too because I started to say that because that's a lot of times when we think about songs, we talk about things being deeper than the ocean. But he says, I, I don't have anything to compare it to. So he says, my love is deeper than the holler. It's stronger than the river. It's higher than the pine trees growing high upon the hill. My love is purer than the snowflake that falls in late December. How would God say I love you? How would God, if, if God were, were speaking to us right now, how would he say, I love you? What phrases would God use? That's what I want us to think about today. I want us to ask ourselves the question, what phrases would God use to express his love for us? So if you've got your, bio, your bulletins there, flip them over to the back. <clears throat> and you're going to see here some phrases. And the first thing that we need to recognize is God would say these type of things to us because... God is love. If you've got your Bibles there, open up to 1 John chapter 4. And this is a passage that you're familiar with. <clears throat> but I want to use this kind of to kick off our idea about God's love messages to us. John chapter 4, if you start in verse, uh, verse 7. He says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. First thing we need to understand about love is that it comes from God. It emanates from Him because He is love. And so these passages, these phrases that we're going to look at come from the nature of God. So the first one we've got noticed here, we got marked here is... Um, the phrase, I love you more than you know. You ever said that to anybody before? I love you more than you know. What does that phrase mean? Sometimes love, it's hard to express, right? It's hard to, it's hard to say exactly what's in your heart. And sometimes it is inexpressible. We can't quantify love for, for people at times. And God is going to show us His inexpressible love as well. He shows that to us. Through Jesus, And so the first passage that we want to look at today is over in Ephesians chapter 3. 
where Paul makes this statement about the inexpressible love of God and how it is, uh, it, it's in some ways beyond the comprehension of mankind. Notice what he says in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, the, the last part of, of verse 18. I'm going to start in the middle of verse 18. <clears throat> he said, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height? I'm going to pause there for just a second. Being an engineer, I, we, we, we deal with dimensions on a regular basis. And if you've ever built anything before, or maybe you've made a, a, a cut out a dress, or even when you're cooking, there are measurements that you need to take to make sure that you get things just right. And so when you're thinking about building something, you're, you're going to build something based on its height and its length and its width. And, and Paul even throws in here depth. And so he's given us a perspective in which we might be able to try to measure God's love, height, width, length, and depth. But notice what he says in verse 19. He says that we may know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And so if you pause there and you think, well, God's love through Jesus Christ in essence is saying, I love you more than you can know. And that in and of itself is astounding. God, the all-powerful, the omniscient, the omnipotent, the creator of communication, and the words that we're even using here today, in, in a certain perspective says, I love you more than can be expressed. Now that can mean a couple of different things. It can either mean that God doesn't have the words to tell us how much he loves us, which I don't think that's probably accurate. Or it is, God cannot express to us in ways that we can fully comprehend. Because you think about in the equation, in the relationship of God and man, who's the one who is finite? It's not God, it's me. And so if we're going to try to understand something, uh, it's not going to be God that's going to have the challenge here. It's going to be me in understanding what God's trying to express. And so he says the love of Christ is something that passes knowledge. But I want to pause here and just ask a question. So is it beyond our comprehension? Because we can't know the full depth and the width and the height and the, and the, uh, the, the uh, what's the word I let that? Depth, width, height, and length of it. Is it beyond our comprehension? Now let's back up a couple passages and find out how this works. Because God is going to empower us to know his love deeper and fuller and richer than the world will ever know it. Notice what he says in verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Now, God, now what Paul's asking here is, he's asking God to pour out his riches and glory upon the Ephesians, and by extension upon, upon God's family here, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with, with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ with, which passes knowledge. So when you back up and you look at this in context, what Paul is actually saying is, I'm praying that God will help you to understand this love that is bigger than we can know. That sounds contradictory, doesn't it? But it's not contradictory in God. Notice some, things he, notice some things that he's going to do for us 
to help us to better know his knowledge, know his love, excuse me. First of all, he's going to strengthen us with might through his spirit. One of the ways we're going to learn about the love of God more fully is through the spirit of of God. When the Holy Spirit is working through the word in our lives, we're going to begin to better comprehend how much God loves us. And so you look at how that would happen. Well, first off, it's going to happen through the Word. When we read God's Word and we begin to process it and understand all of the things that God has done for us to bring us into His family, then we're going to be, be able to better comprehend His love. And so he's, he's asking it to be strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit. Second of all, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You want to know how much God loves you? Let Jesus dwell in your life. Crucify your life to Jesus. Give yourself over to Him fully. Follow Him. Be obedient to Him. And you're going to see the love of God manifest in your life beyond what the world will ever know, Paul says. And so we let the Spirit strengthen us. We let Christ dwell in our hearts. And we also become rooted and grounded in love so that we can comprehend with the saints what is the length and the depth and the height and the width of the love of God. And so we go then back to this idea of being rooted and grounded. We talked a little about this in our class this morning, about the idea of being of, of the condition of our hearts and the condition of that, that soil in our heart, what, what kind of shape it's in, so they can receive the Word of God. When something is rooted and grounded, that means that it is firmly implanted and stable. And what we need to understand is that God's love has the ability to stabilize us and to ground us and to help us through the storms of life, through the the stony parts of our life, through the thorny parts of our life, through the hard-packed parts of our life. God's love has the ability to do that. And so when God says, I love you more than you can know, that doesn't mean that we can't begin to plumb the depths of God's love and to comprehend it and to, to wrap our lives around it because... Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let me ask you a question. What is exceedingly abundantly above all? What does that mean? That means God is more powerful than anything we can think of or ask for. So as we begin to, to, to strive to understand God's love better and we pray for wisdom from God and we ask God to help us, He's going to do more and more and more, exceedingly, abundantly more than what we even ask. You want to understand how much God loves you? Just put God to the test. Let Him help you get to the, get to the depths of His love. Let Him help you take, take you to the heights of His love. As far as as you want to go in God's love, He's going to help you go there through His power and might. And so we see first off that God says He loves us more than we can know, but He encourages us to pursue Him in that because God can root us and ground us in that love. The second phrase we've got here is something we've already mentioned. My love is deeper than, and oftentimes we want to compare our love to things, right? We want to say, well, my love is is longer than history or my love is 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 greater than the 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 
any force of nature that you can think of. And God does this as well. He shows us how strong His love is and how deep it is and how wide it is and how broad it is in comparison to things that we might, um, that we might use as measurements of love. Turn, up, turn over to Romans chapter 8 now to another passage that you're going to be familiar with. And I want you to see here how God's love is in comparison to things that we might we might want to compare love to. Romans chapter 8. Now I'm going back up to verse 38 because you've got to capture the whole sentence here to understand what he's talking about. He says, For I am persuaded that neither, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So he throws in there height and depth, right? So if we, if we want to say, well, God's love is deeper than the ocean, or God's love is deeper than the holler, or God's love is stronger than the whatever. He says, we've got that captured. God's love is greater than height and depth. But back up there a little bit more. He says it's greater than things that are present. Well, what would that be? Anything that exists. Anything that we can think of. The ocean and the mountains or anything that we want to compare God's love to. God's love is more than that. Not just that, not just the things that exist, but even the things to come. And so you think about the next life and all the blessings that God has laid out for his children. And God's love is greater than that. But now you back up even farther and you start talking about angels and principalities and powers. Now, now we're getting into the spiritual realm. And God's love is more powerful and stronger than anything that exists in the spiritual realm. Well, I'll tell you one person, that, one being that exists in the spiritual realm, that's Satan. God's love is stronger and more powerful than Satan. And even when we think about love, we often measure it by our lifespan, right? I'll love you till I die. What's the promise that, that, that people make when they stand at the altar to be married? Till death do us part. But you know what God's love does? God's love is not determined by the end of life. It doesn't go out of existence for us when we die. Because Paul says here that neither death nor life can separate us from the love of God. So can it exceed everything? Back up a little bit again. Backup seems to be the theme of this sermon so far, doesn't it? Let's back up a little bit. Back up now to verse 35. And he's going to throw some other things in there that we need to think about. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Are there times in your life when you think God doesn't love you? 
Are there times in our life when we think God's love has departed from us because of the situations that are going on in our lives? Anybody been through trials or tribulations over the last week? Or maybe the last month? Maybe health concerns? Maybe there's things going on at work? Maybe there's things going on in your, in your family or in your marriage? In those times, sometimes we're tempted to think, well, God doesn't love me because this is going on. This passage right here says we're wrong because tribulation can't separate us from the love of God. Peril can't separate us from the love of God. Trials will not separate us from the love of God. These things that happen to us in our lives are not going to separate us from God's love because God's love is deeper. It's stronger. It's longer. It's more powerful. Whatever way you want to look at it, God's love is greater than those things. Verse 37 says, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And then he talks in verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God will never, you can never escape the love of God. I love that. God's love is deeper than the holler. It's stronger than the river. It's higher than the pine tree growing tall upon the hill. It's purer than the snowflake that falls in late December. And honest as a robin on the springtime windowsill. God's love is all that and more. But sometimes we say, love, we, say we love each other in a different way. You ever said this to somebody? I love you to death, right? I love you to death. You know God says that to us too. God says, I love you to death. Don read for us a passage today in which God showed that he loves us to death. Think about John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What does that mean? It means God loves you to death. He loves you so much he's willing to sacrifice his only son. And more importantly, that Jesus is willing to be a part of that plan. He's willing to come down to there. So you think about, break down that passage there and think about the type of love that's, that's personified in this passage for God. And, you, and in, in that phrase, just for God, you have the greatest giver. Nobody is ever going to outgive God. Nobody can outdo God in giving of anything. But in particular, the gift that He gives. For God so loved, He is so motivated by His love for you and me that He's going to give the greatest gift. He so loved the world. We were in need of that love. We were in need of the gift that He would give. And you see the greatest action there in giving. God didn't sell us salvation. He doesn't barter with us for it. Because that's what love does. Love gives of itself freely. You have the greatest giver, motivated by the greatest motivation, toward the greatest need to do the greatest action, and the greatest action is to give a gift, to give His only begotten Son. If God were here with us today, he would say, I love you to death.
Jesus would say that. I love you to death. And it's that love that Jesus has for you and me that took him to the cross. So, how do you respond? How do we respond to such great love? What do we do in the face of love that loves us more than we can know? That loves us deeper than anything we can measure? That loves us to death? How do we respond to that? And Jesus tells us how we how we should respond to that. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God wants the world to do. He loves the world so much that He wants them to respond in love to Him. By believing Him, by obeying Him. That's what He wants us to do as well. So as I look around the audience here, I see people who have been obedient to the gospel. I, I'm thankful for that, and I want to encourage you to continue in that obedience, to continue in the love of God. But maybe there's somebody here who has not submitted themselves to the instructions of God. They haven't submitted themselves to the, to the love of God. And you know you need to. What God wants us to do is to obey. And so Jesus in in teaching us what love is and what, what, what the reception of love looks like tells us that we need to turn away from our sins. You remember he was talking with some Jews one day and they asked him about uh, some people who had died uh, by the hand of Pilate. He said, don't think that you're any better than them. Unless you repent, we'll all likewise perish. You will all likewise perish. And so we've got to turn away from sin in our lives. And we have to then turn to God that turning to God in faith results in a confession that we make. Jesus says, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father who is in heaven. And that confession then leads us to obedience and baptism. Jesus told his disciples to preach this message. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. That's the obedience to the gospel. Have you obeyed the gospel today? If you haven't, I want to encourage you to. If you know what you need to do to become a Christian, I want to encourage you to protect, be a protector of God's love. Because God loves you to death. And He wants you to be a part of His family. And we need to know that when we become a part of God's family, there is, there's nothing, there's really nothing outside of ourselves. And, and, and even ourselves, we can't, we can't separate ourselves from the love of God. We can just put ourselves at enmity with God by our sin. But, God will continue to love us and to, to chasten us. Can we help you today to become a Christian? Can we encourage you in, uh, in being a partaker of God's love? That's what, I want, that's what we want to do today. We're going to sing an invitation song. And we want to encourage you, if you have a need, if you have a, a request, a prayer request, or something that you need to make known, please make it known now. Now's the appropriate time to do that. If we can be of any encouragement to you, don't hesitate to tell us. We stand as we sing. Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. For more information about our church family, please visit our Bradleyville Church of Christ Facebook page. We hope to see you soon. Till then, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We hope you have a good day.